Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Everything Early Childhood. In today's episode we are going to be talking about stress. You're listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. Before we get started today, let's take a short moment to listen to some sector news. Over to you, Jake. Hello, this is Jake, and here is our very first weekly sector news update. The department are stressing a focus on the transportation of children regulations. But remember that even if your centre doesn't offer transport to or from the centre, you still need to reference it in your enrolment forms to indicate that you've put thought into the regulation. That is regulation number 160 for those playing at home. Don't forget in COVID news, um, the rules have been updated, meaning that close contacts are still welcome at the centre as long as they're returning negative COVID tests every single day. Don't forget that most rat tests aren't actually recommended for children under two-year-old. It's up to centres to implement additional COVID-safe measures according to their own risk minimisation plans. In more COVID news, don't forget that we still need to be reporting all COVID cases within the centre to the regulatory authority. If you've already lodged a notification within seven days, you just need to add the additional case on the existing report under Additional Information tab. Australian of the Year and tennis champ and all-round good guy Dylan Olcott has been announced as a keynote speaker at the Early Childhood Australia National Conference in Canberra this year. For more info and tickets, you can visit their website. And finally, a Sydney Morning Herald article is getting a lot of public attention regarding the early learning sector workforce crisis, highlighting some of the struggles centres are going through, trying to find educators along with a few ideas for solutions. If you've read the article, what do you think of the proposed solutions? Is your centre facing the same struggles? Please do let us know by using the links in the podcast description or by finding us on Facebook. Let's get started. In today's episode, we'll be covering the top 10 stresses at work, 14 proactive strategies to add to your toolkit to reduce stress, what to do about it, and how to recognize the difference between healthy and unhealthy stress. So the truth is, it has been a really tough few years for our sector, and so many people I'm speaking to have actually mentioned that this past year has been one of the worst in their lives. We're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with staffing shortages, we're dealing with being overworked, and a lot of people are really struggling I am such an advocate for the early childhood sector and I'm honoured to be here today to be sharing, you know, these amazing insights about stress because stress is a normal thing. We all go through stress and stress is a normal thing in life. It's about telling the difference between unhealthy stress and healthy stress and what to do if we're feeling that way. Now, when I'm walking through um, services, I hear the phrases all the time. I'm so busy. I don't have enough time. I'm so stressed. I'm so overwhelmed. Now, whatever adjective you use to describe it, it all comes back down to this thing called stress. Now, if you have been stressed in the past, if you've got a big project coming up, or if you are stressed out right now, This is the episode for you, and I'm going to share some strategies. In fact, how many did we put down? 15 strategies to help you move forward with stress and start. Well, number one is actually focusing on you. 
So let me start off by saying, if you are stressed, you are not alone. But remember that some stress is normal and it will not last forever. So stress is a normal human reaction to that happens in everyone. In fact, the human body, our human body is designed to experience stress and react to it. So when you experience changes or challenges in your life, stresses, your body produces physical and mental responses. That is stress. Stress responses help your body adjust to new situation. Stress is our body's response to pressure. Many different situations or life events can cause stress and it is often triggered when we experience something new, unexpected or that threatens our sense of self or when we feel we have little control over a situation. We all deal with stress differently. The key to stress management is finding the right balance between productive stress, which we're going to refer to as healthy stress, and stress that makes you feel overwhelmed and unproductive, which we are going to refer to as unhealthy stress. You can look out for physical signs of stress in your own body. Stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol are released by your body and cause your heart to beat faster, your breathing to quicken, and your stomach may feel uneasy. Your muscles may tense up and your skin may become sensitive. The reason this is good is that it helps us to overcome the challenges and build us up for hunting or a battle. So, for example, in today's life, it might be a big speech, a project, a meeting, something that you're feeling quite nervous about. And so we start to feel stress, which actually helps us to get through those situations. Now, this was obviously really handy in the prehistoric era where cavemen used it for their their means to sleep, to hunt, to eat and repeat. Unfortunately, our brains haven't much evolved since this time. However, society and the world has. So things look a little bit different now and we no longer need to hunt for our food, but just go to the supermarket or pick up our phones. The consequence of this is that our brains don't realize this. So something triggers our brain and the same chemicals are released. So here are the top 10 causes of stress at work. So number one is excessive workload. Number two is lack of control. Number three was lack of support. Number four was senior leaders. Number five was peers. Number six, insufficient training. Number seven, job security. Number eight is commuting. And number nine consisted of others. So poor working conditions, work relationships, work-life balance, organizational culture. So now that we know the top 10 things that may cause stress in a workplace, let's talk about 15 things to help you build up your emotional and mental well-being to be able to take on stress. Because remember, anything in life, we want to take a proactive approach. We want to get ahead of it. We want to put these things in place in order to have all of those tools in our tool belt to be able to draw on those whenever we need them. So the first one I've got is focus on you. So change yourself and everything around you will also change. 
Take time each day to do something for yourself. I know that in some situations, this is not easy. And in some people's lives, this is not easy. But even if it's two minutes to make a phone call to a friend on the way home, um, to paint your nails, to have a bath, whatever it is that lights you up, focus on you and do something for yourself. Because the more that you focus on you, the better that you will become. And that is what life is all about, becoming better versions of ourselves each and every day. We're not perfect. No one is. But if we continue to do the work on ourselves each day, that is the secret to life. And we need to continue to fill our cups so that we are the best version of ourselves, so that we have you know, our cups filled to be able to give to others. Number two is find your why. So reconnect with your purpose. This is really important. And it's the first thing that I do with anyone that I mentor is to really take a moment, work through why did you get started? Why are you in this sector? What lights you up? What was something that got you started? Like, why are you here? What is your purpose? What is your mission? What are your values? And it's really important to connect back with those and really hone in. So when times get tough, look back at your why and remember why you started in the first place. Number three is connect with a mentor or a network group. So we have a free network group that we run every month for directors um, and approved providers each across the year we have guest speakers and we connect with um, over a hundred different people across Australia so you're more than welcome to join that group but the main thing is connect with your tribe seek out people be really mindful who you are spending your time with people that are sharing you want to be around people that are sharing ideas and collaborating and supporting one another not just whinging you want people who are solution orientated you become who you are who you spend most of your time with so really take do an audit and think about who is it that you are spending time with what is it that your conversations consist of what you are hearing what you are listening to and what you are absorbing in your brain becomes your inner voice like it or not so really Look at who you are connecting with. And if, you, if you're looking to get your spark back, um, you're, you know, it's gone, that reason that you're in early childhood, you just can't find it anymore, connect with someone who's passionate. Come and talk to me for five minutes and I will reignite that spark because I guarantee that what's happened is that the people that you're around and you may not realise, you know, are the people that are whinging, the people that are just talking about all the things that are wrong rather than talking about ideas and how you can make it amazing or solutions to how you can fix something. Um, If this is family, now sometimes in life, it might be our family that are that negative source of energy um, and they just drain us, like you know the people I'm talking about. Now, if you find that you have people like that in your life, no matter if it's at work or if it's family, then really put boundaries in place and Look into that. How much time are you spending with them? Can you minimize that time? And what does that? What can that look like? Um, and just make sure that if you are feeling low, perhaps reconsider spending time with them in that moment. 
if you don't have anyone that's positive in your life or anyone that, um, you know, inspires you or helps you to become a better version of yourself, then listen to podcasts, which you are right now. Awesome. Read books. Like there's amazing books out there who help you, that help you work on yourself, who you are and who you want to become, um, which are an amazing source and value. Number four was being mindful who you are around and what you fill your mind with. So we've just covered that. Number five is try new things and discover a hobby that is non-work related. Now, for those of you that don't know, um, during COVID, and I'm sure all like, uh, so many people, I love it, we're talking to people about what hobbies you've picked up, what new interests you're fulfilling, what's been on your bucket list for so long that you just want to try. Um, I actually started to learn the piano, which I'm really proud. It's something I've wanted to do since I was a child, but I, I had this like preconceived idea that my fingers are so small and short. Um, and somebody once said to me, oh, your fingers are so small. You won't be able to reach the keys. So I had this idea in my mind for so long that because my fingers were short, I wouldn't be able to play the piano, but who cares? I'm learning, I'm playing. And I, um, the, my purpose, my purpose for playing isn't to become, um, you know, the next strope, chope, chopin, chopin, um, however you say it. My purpose for playing is because it gives me joy. It takes me out of my head for a minute because I have to concentrate on playing the piano. So what is it and what is it that you can do to um, discover a new hobby or do something that is not work-related? Um, some other people I know, they run. Running is a great source. Swimming. Um, exercise is amazing. If you f get enjoyment and fulfillment out of exercising, do it. Other people are learning how to do calligraphy. Um, I know other people that are learning how to braid hair. Like it can be anything big or small, but look at that list. Think about something that you've wanted to try or wanted to do for so long and do it. Integrate that into your routine, into your life and, you know, bring back that joy because often what we find is that if we don't have anything outside of work, it, like work can be all consuming so you need to make sure that you what I like to call you have a full pie so you've got to think about a circle and then divide that circle into many different or the pie into many different pieces if you only have one pie a whole pie and that is work then you have nothing else in your life. So if something at work goes wrong, that's your, everything in your life that is going to be impacted. If you have work and then you have family, then you have friends, then you have like the gym or social life, um, then you have like what fun, adventure, then it, it or groups, even groups, associations, then you have so many facets, so many different areas of your life that if one area is not going so well, that's okay because you have all of those other areas and all of those other people in your life that you can go to and feel that sense of satisfaction, that sense of joy until that stress in that other area dwindles and, and you know, starts to lessen. I find people that have multi-pies or multi-pies, multi-pieces of their pie, the pie of life I call it, are, are, are much happier. 
they're much more settled, they're much more what we call grounded because they have all of those avenues in their life. It's not just focusing on one thing. Number six is challenge your limiting thoughts. These are a killer, especially when you haven't had enough sleep, you're not feeling well. Take note of the thought, thank it, and release it. Our brain is wired to protect us, so it will create narratives of the worst-case scenarios, especially when it perceives a threat. So thank it, let it know you acknowledge it, and take the action you need to to release it from your life. The stories that we create in our brains, especially when we're procrastinating or putting off hard conversations in our lives, So if you find that you are being challenged by these narratives, these thoughts, these unhealthy thoughts or these limiting thoughts, um, you know, in that moment, really think about what action you need to take. Do you need to ask for an earlier break? Do you need to have some time off? Or do you need to rediscover that hobby and just do something you love and make some extra time to do something you love? Number seven is transform your classroom. So your home, for example, should be your place, should be a sanctuary. It should be a place that you come to feel calm, loved, and safe and secure. So think about what that space needs to look like for you. Now, with your classroom, you need to transform that into a place you love to be, a place that not only represents the children in the space, but also the adults too. Do you love colour? Like is colour your thing and you want to have colour everywhere? Um, does one colour in particular, like, you know, make you feel a certain way? How do you want to feel when you enter your classroom? Do For me, it's wood, like wood, I want to feel calm. So it's wood tones, natural tones, it's like greenery. I love plants, I love nature, Um, you know, and it's really just getting back to nature. Like I want to feel connected, I want to feel grounded to that nature and I want the children to be able to experience that as well. But whether it's your whole classroom or whether it's just parts of your classroom, so one service that I went into, um, they decided to have this shelf and on this shelf, each adult in that classroom brought in a token or something that was, um, you know, special or important to them or that represented their culture. And it was really beautiful. You walk in and you see these little trinkets and straight away you pick them up and you want to ask about them. And then what does that do? That automatically gets that person to come forward and share that story about their life because every single person wants to feel like they belong in that environment. Number eight is work smarter, not harder. So delegate to those around you. Train them to do everything that you can. The good thing about early childhood over primary teaching, for example, is that you're not alone. You have a team, so utilize them. Teaching others how to do your role is so rewarding to see their growth over time. When they're not doing their job, raise it with them immediately and ask them how you can support them. Stop overthinking it. People want to do a good job. So let them. Let them know if they're not and let them know if they're up. they are. Positive, constructive feedback as you go. Be honest. But the truth is that lighting somebody else's candle doesn't take away any of your flame. It only makes the room brighter. 
And and also teaching other people gives you opportunities outside of your space. So the more that you teach others, they can step up into your role and that allows you to then be able to step up into a different role. That's amazing because learning also releases um, cortisol, which is a feel-good chemical, and we want more and more and more. And it's, it's a lot of satisfaction from learning something new. Number nine is acknowledge and appreciate everything that happens. And yes, that means even the bad stuff too. Now, remember that the bad stuff or the good stuff, neither, are not a reflection of you. We know, especially in early childhood, that most days don't go according to plan. And that's okay. So you've got to be flexible, have some set intentions for the day and let the children take the lead. Have fun with them. Stress or anxiety generally comes up when we are trying to control things that are outside of our control. Let it go. Ask yourself in these moments, what is really important right now? Are the children having fun? Yes. Are the children safe? Yes. Then continue. This is often where the most magic happens. You can move back to the original programming later. Which moves me to number 10, have fun. So let the fun in. Often we get so caught up with the times of the day. This hasn't been done. We need to do this. Um, And what can happen is that your brain can think quite robotically. And I hate that when you get to that robotic stage. It's so boring. So what you want to do, have key, key times of the day. What we've done in services is actually set alarms on the iPad. So we don't even need to think about the time at all. Because time flies except when you're watching every second click by. So instead of thinking robotically all day, have a plan, schedule it into the day and know it will get done and focus on the fun that right now instead. So if you've got, um, let's say you do observations or let's say you do daily diaries um, or cleaning or whatever you have in your day, make sure that it's scheduled for a time of the day so that you know and it's part of your routine. Do the children help you with those? Um, Is it part of the flow of the day? So just remember to schedule for everything that needs to be included and have fun, just have fun. Know that everything will get done. Number 11, I know it might seem a little backwards, but sometimes when you're feeling really frustrated over the tiniest little things, it might be a sign that you're ready for your next step in your career and ready to take on a new responsibility. As I said, learning something new releases the feel-good chemical in your brain and helps you to continue moving forward and feel challenged. Sometimes when we're not feeling challenged, we can see that as boring. When we're bored, we can then focus on the little things and become frustrated. So if you're finding that those little things are just getting frustrating, really look at are you being challenged or do you need more responsibility? or just to learn something new. Number 12 is to know your limits. And I encourage you to say no. Stop taking on so much. We're overworked because we are, and we also need to make sure that we look at every possible solution and actually question, why are we doing this? Like, is there an easier way? 
we already know that we're time poor as a sector as it is and as we said not every day goes according to plan so it's really important to um, stop and reflect regularly on our systems on our processes do we have too many is it too long can we shorten it um, is this actually meeting one of the national quality framework um, you know standards or law regulations or do we just do this in our practice because we've always done it that way please make sure that you reflect on those things and that you're reviewing your practice to make sure that not only are you taking into account all of the regulatory requirements that need to be met but you're also taking into account how much time is it going to take somebody to do that? Because we know if we had a limit, a limit to less amount of time, how much more we could achieve. You know, of course, with the National Quality Standards Assessment and Rating, we have to collect so much evidence now. We almost need, um, you know, one person full-time in the centre just to be documenting and collating all of the evidence that we need, especially um, to document the exceeding themes. However, if you work smarter, like really work smarter, really look at each of those um, systems, it's all about creating those systems and practices within your organisation and you want to make sure that it's time efficient, people are in charge of those systems um, and what it looks like. So when we talk about knowing your limits, if you have, let's say you have programming time and um, you know that you're behind and you need to catch up on, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, is the time that you've been given sufficient to do that? So let's say you have um, two hours programming time coming up. You've got to catch up on this, catch up on that. Ask your supervisor, what do you want me to prioritize right now? Do you want me to catch up on this? Or is it better that I just, you know, get this ready to go and we just focus on, you know, getting this month to where it needs to be and that we focus on in any extra time that we get to um, backdate or to um, fix any of the other things up? Like ask the question. Don't just sit there in, um, I'm going to call it a void or a space and think in your head, it's too much. It's, you know, I've got all this to do. It seems bigger than King Kong. Like, of course, it's going to be overwhelming. Of course, you're going to get stressed. So, which, you know, brings me to my next point, number 13, is break projects down and reward yourself. So sometimes um, if it's something I don't really want to do, I'll do it first. So I'll do it at the start of the week, so Monday. If it's something I know I'm going to procrastinate about, I'll do it right on Monday at the start of the week to get it over with quickly. Um, if it's something that I just need to do that I, you know, I may not want to do, I'll do it before lunch and I'll reward myself and say, okay, when you finish it, you can have lunch, for example. Um, with the other thing with breaking projects down is exactly what we were talking about, about programming. Okay, can we delegate? Can we delegate these tasks to somebody else? Can they observe these children whilst we're doing this? Um, can How can we break it down so that it doesn't seem like a massive big project? The more we break it down, the more manageable it will become. And we're only human. So going back to knowing your limits, we're not superheroes. We all have the same amount of time in the day. It's all about how you use how, and how you utilize that time that counts. 
So in regards to limits as well, it's looking at your energy level. And it's what we were talking about earlier. Does being around people drain you or does being around people energize you? So it's looking at what works for you. Know your limits. Know your boundaries. Are you tired and you've committed to something or are you tired and somebody's asked you to do something? Say no. Like make sure that you pray. Going back to our point number one, Make sure that you prioritize yourself. Check in with yourself. What is it that you need? And check in with yourself regularly. Some people um, that I know that I work with, they just go, 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 go. And what happens is they get stuck on this hamster wheel. I just call it a hamster wheel of addiction, like boom, boom, go, go. They're just running, 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 and you can see the wheel going around and around. What happens is that you're not actually stopping to reflect on yourself because you don't have time. So stop creating a busy life and really stop and work out what you know needs to work and what needs to fit in that life. What how much time do you have for work? What do you need to achieve at work and fit it into that time frame? What do you need to achieve outside of work and fit it into that time frame as well? So we do, in the coming episodes, I've got lots of blog posts and things around time management. In the coming episodes, I will do one particularly around time management because I think it's really, really important and we'll break that down. For now, it's about knowing your limits, setting boundaries, and you can say it politely and break projects down. Number 14, our lucky last, is to find balance. Now, earlier we were talking about the pie of life and it's exactly the same concept. But what I encourage you to do is to use strategies to leave work at work. Some strategies that you might use to leave work at work is um, the, to have a cup and literally put the cup down. No, when, that, when you have like physically put the cup down, you're leaving work and you're leaving the cup there. Um, Number two is to write your to-do list, Um, so to write everything that you need to do before you leave work, and that way you leave it at work. It's out of your head and you leave it at work. Um, Number three is um, use your drive home as a transition. So who do you need to call? What do you need to do in order for when you arrive home to greet that person with a smile when you open the door? Um. Another tip is when you get home, either have a shower or wash your face, change your clothes or your shoes so that you have that transition between home and work. Those are some strategies that I've tried um, that have worked for me. The question is, and talking about that one pie, you one pie, have you become the job? Evaluate your life outside of the job. Is it fulfilling? It doesn't matter how much love you have for something. When it's all that you've got, it's too much. And as I said, if something happens in that area, your whole life will just collapse on itself and it will seem overwhelming. So it's really important to find that balance and have the strategies to be able to find that balance. Often, And I know it's been a lot over the last few years. Please don't get me wrong. I know our job is hard. I know our job can be stressful. But focus on the small stuff because it's the small stuff that becomes the big stuff. Have fun. Find that balance. Break the projects down. 
Remember, there's a difference between healthy and unhealthy stress. And if it's too late and these strategies are just not going to cut it, um, please make sure, one, that you communicate with your supervisor, two, that you schedule and take a break, three, that you focus on mindfulness and grounding techniques to bring you back to the present. Because remember, anxiety comes when we are focusing on something outside of our control and we are usually focusing on the future. And what we need to do is we need to come back to right now. So there's a technique you can use. It's called take five. If you're in a really stressful moment and you're finding that you just can't focus to bring yourself back to present, if you'll imagine having your hand up in the air, you want to focus on five things you can see, four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And in these moments when you do feel highly stressed, make sure that you remember to get back to the three basics and do these consistently and focus on you and your thoughts, reframe them and look to the future. So sleep well, eat well, and go do light exercise, so a light walk. Things can be hard sometimes and we all go through difficulties and it's important to feel the emotions. We wouldn't be human if we didn't. But what is the key? The key is not to get stuck in those emotions. Give yourself a time frame and start to focus on the good things around you. Be grateful for the amazing things and people in your life. And if you manage, because the fact is that we can't actually be grateful and stressed at the same time. Our brain just doesn't cope. So I try most of the time to pick gratitude because I'd prefer to be in a sense of gratitude than in a mindset of stress. What about you? Finally, let's touch base on the difference between healthy and unhealthy stress. So the point where stress is no longer productive or healthy is different for everyone. But you might look out for the following clues. So feeling overwhelmed or unable to cope. Are you feeling on edge or unable to stop worrying? Have you had changes in your sleep patterns and you're feeling exhausted? any changes in your appetite, physical reactions such as headaches, muscle tension, upset stomach, difficulty concentrating, changes in your mood, irritability or anger, withdrawal from friends and family, reliance on alcohol or other substances to cope or thoughts of self-harm or suicide. Now, you may have one of these, and one of these is maybe a sign that you're stressed. But if you, as I read these, are thinking to yourself, tick, 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 if you are feeling more than three of these symptoms, then you are highly stressed. And this is unhealthy because you are not functioning. You cannot function. So the point where you feel this way, it may be time to consider talking to a professional. And there's many different avenues. There are the two um, services. So Lifeline is uh, contactable on 13, 11, 14. And Beyond Blue is available 24-7 to support. So they can support you through call, text, or even chat online. Um, Their contact number is 1300 22 
4636 um, and they're available 24-7 to support you if you're feeling stressed and they're professionals as you may not feel comfortable talking to somebody that you know or you just want to talk to someone confidentially. Now, Beyond Blue have this amazing free program at the moment for business owners called New Access, where business owners can access free and confidential mental health coaching. Um, It allows participants to have six sessions and work to overcome difficult issues, providing practical skills to manage stress and get you back to feeling like yourself. You don't need a doctor's referral and it's tailored programmed to manage life pressures so you can move forward. Often as business owners and leaders, we'll just keep pushing through. It'll be okay. We'll be all right. But for how long? And for a lot of us, our threshold is really high. Please don't be too proud. Don't let your ego get in the way. You are not alone. Reach out for the help you need so you can get through this and move to greener pastures. Now, just a reminder to just remember to take care of yourself first. Join our Facebook group and let us know what strategies you found helpful in today's podcast. And I'm sure none of these strategies are new, but I want you to ask yourself, how consistently are you doing them and what's your level of stress right now? I want to encourage you to pick two to work on for the next month and implement them for 21 days. Remember, it takes 18 to 254 days to form a new habit. So before I finish up, I want to leave you with this quote. It says, a rainbow follows a storm, a butterfly comes out of the cocoon, grapes are crushed to make wine, olives are pressed to release oil, diamonds are made from sand under pressure. Everything beautiful takes time and whenever you're feeling crushed, under pressure, you're in a powerful place of transformation. Trust the process. The magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Embrace it even if it doesn't feel like that right now. Thank you so much to our community for sharing this topic. We hope that you have found this episode helpful. Please keep working on yourself, focus on the small stuff and keep making every moment count. Until next week, my name is Lisa Brown and you have been listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. See you next week.